Namo tassa bhagavato arahato asamma sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato asamma sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato asamma sambuddhasa. Buddhang dhammang sanggang namasami. So this is uh, our last evening together. We've spent this time pouring our minds as best we could into this particular series of forms, the retreat form, precept form, the sitting form, the walking form, standing, the uh, interview form, which is kind of gently relational it's kind of the relational sense of meeting others expressing yourself putting your own words out looking into your own mind and bringing that out you know it's quite a special form you know? so these are some forms of practice some forms of Dhamma practice these are forms remember and you're just pouring with as much willingness as one can, sometimes feeling a little awkward or uncertain, meeting the challenges of a retreat or of sense restraint or of being with 95 other people, you know, (laughs) sharing things. And these, you know, certainly create ripples and sometimes going to an interview is a certain sense of awkwardness or uncertain what to say or you know and uh, yeah the all these you know they're just breathing in breathing out trying to be as willing as one can be and feel oneself in this in these particular forms feel one's body mind in these particular forms don't take your eye off the ball you know keep your eye on what this body mind is doing how it's experiencing things yeah, listen to it, respond to it, yeah. enter into that. The form is a form. This form is not something really you have to worry too much about getting right or getting wrong. It's a form. And the form doesn't mind. It's, you know, that's why it's a kind of safe form. There's no examinations, there's no certificates at the end of it. There's no winners, no losers, no, no who got it best, who got it right, who is the best student in the class, <laughs> who is the, had the most brilliant interview and he said these amazing realizations they came out with. <laughs> you know, and you're kind of tongue-tied and just said, well, felt a bit sleepy, you know. <laughs> who can sit the best, the longest, the best posture, you know, can walk. You know, how these things, are rather embarrassing things, can come up in us, you know, as we come into these things. You know, there it is, you know, we're touching into this very sensitive and effective body-mind experience and with its sense of self associated with it, which is highly uh, volatile and highly effective. This is all, you know, pouring oneself in as best one can. Whether it's, you know, some holding back a little bit or holding back not at all or whatever, you know, and then feeling the sense of maybe it wasn't quite right or not so good or, you know, that one's good, that wasn't so good. she was really good, and I wasn't good, and he was a real case, you know. 
those sorts of things going on. This is it, isn't it, really? And maybe, you know, as we and realize that when we, you know, we're going to pour ourselves into other forms as best we can, as willingly as we can. When we leave the retreat, there's our, you know, our life situation. And it's very realizing for, you know, as I do for all of us, then probably the most important thing is, you know, that I've heard, heard or in, heard between the lines, sometimes not expressed directly, heard between the lines is, you know, my, my relatives, my friends, my mother, my daughter, my, you know, the sense of concern, wanting to get it right, you know, how you can help other people. It's very beautiful, that, that wish to, how can I resolve the suffering of other people? How can I be a better person for other people? It's a very beautiful um, thing. How can I be a better person in myself? You know, I've seen things myself that are not so good. How can I be better? It's, you know, more worthwhile, more use, more clear. And some regret over mistakes that have been made. You know? So it's real sincerity. is very, very touching. You know? And that, that realizing you know, actually don't have to get life right, really. You know, it doesn't quite, you know, it doesn't quite work out, really. Um, it's another form. And perhaps it's if we can feel that sense of a, a flowing into it and a willingness and a flowing into it, you know, some good, some not so good, that wasn't such a good day, then maybe we, we, we're, we can bring forth as best we can in this, in this life form. Yeah. So just con- con- contemplating how, how uh, the qualities that we bring in to, to any situation and, and sometimes the, the real uh, snags occur around particular areas, uh, very fundamental areas where a lot of uh, concern, tension builds up. You know. So the self, oneself, other people, the past, and the future. (laughs) The rest of it's all right. Which is nice to know, you know, the rest of it's all right. So if if I can kind of just lighten up around those four (laughs) places. They're kind of hovering over, but we can't dismiss them either. We're just sort of gently hovering over them. So that, you know, just this, if I had one, you know, little piece to... to, to say, if I could have one piece to say, it would be just that... The beauty of the pause, just the sense of the pause before we jump onto those things, before we hit those things, before we, you know, flinch from those things or rush into those things or determine those things or say that's the way it is or that's the way I am or that's the way he is or, you know, before those things become too, too fixed or we rush into them. You know, because it's in that, in that rush, whatever how you know, good the intention is, you know, however one wishes for the welfare and trying to get it right, it's the, it's the rush and the, the reactivity where the, um, some of these compulsive habits occur. So I think you just learn the pause, the skill of the pause. Uh, so, you know, one thing, hopefully in the retreat, just learning that or recognizing these just building in the pause. And these can be two second pauses before you say something. Okay. Yeah. Not never say anything, but it can be just learning the, the two seconds before you say something. 
just get a feeling for are you whole, are you complete, are you clear with that, what's happening there, is it a reaction or a response? What do we bring into the present moment, into the situation? What do we bring in? It's just learning things like this. And there's many ways in which we can cultivate that pause for our welfare. It's like when you go for the meal, you're taking food, is that momentary food? Okay, this is to sustain the body, this has been offered. gesture of something's been presented and often a beautiful sense of gratitude and then okay this is for the welfare of the body just just pause try to get the meaning of that the feel the sense of that and then our our system can kind of oh yeah then we find that in the pause and and the checking with the whole sense of something like the the meaning of something, the body sense of it, the, the heart sense of it, then a skillful response comes up. You know, I just beautiful take, you know, really take what is what you need, rejoice in it. We're getting fed. This is lovely. You know. Now, what can happen for for uh, people, or particularly uh, renunciants, like you know, monks, nuns, so forth? Is you get this can have this program of you know sense food be careful greed you know and then you come in with that and there's there's always the fear of of the sensory world like oh you know don't attach to it cut it off stop restrain and one kind of rushes in with that almost as a first reaction and no just pause you know don't have to food is not a tiger you don't have to fight it off. It's not going to attack you, you know. Yeah, and neither is it the most, you know, it's the wonderful experience in the world. It's not rush in or, or retract. It's just pause and then, what's this about? And then, okay, here's the eating form. Enter into the eating form. Eating is something we do. Everybody has to do it. Bodies need it. It's a dharma practice to eat. <laughs> How do you enter into it? You kind of pour, check. Okay, here we go. Here's the eating thing. You know? <laughs> you know? So instead of any sort of attitudes, you, know, you might have stored up attitudes about, you know, what we like or we don't like, or we're greedy or whatever. And just, just put the attitude in the pause. We just drop the attitude and just go to the whole sense of something. You know, relating. So it's sometimes, you know, when you do a, a, a retreat, there's such an emphasis on restraining, stopping, not speaking, and, and things of this nature. We're looking to kind of make all our thoughts stop, quieten things down. Though they can, you know, so one gets so concerned, and in fact it's indeed something appropriate to check one's reactions, that we sometimes don't allow a response. You know, there, there can be so many habitual reactions that we found about ourselves or about other people or about food or about whatever, you know, that, oh no, just try to just stop that, all that stuff where you find yourself re- reacting and engaging. And, uh, but then, you know, kind of coming into life form, we need to respond. We need to say, I want that. You know, that's, what I, that's the one I want. You can't kind of go into a restaurant and say, well, whatever. <laughs> you know, or go into the supermarket and say, I'll accept whatever's been offered. You know, what I'm do. Because desire is wrong, you know. There's got to be a sense of, you know, a response that, that recognizes the relative, our relative life, our relative sense of self, our relative person, our relative body. It's not an ultimate thing, nor is it nothing. It's a something. And we respond to that something with a sense of, yes, once we pause, we can widen into something rather larger and more spacious and more timeless, 
pausing, checking the programs, then we've actually got to ex- keep expressing our life through these forms. So coming into something where, yeah, this is my need, this is my way of doing things, this is the way that I want to live my life, you know, and taking that on. So there's a certain sense of commitment and responsibility around one's relative self, one's relative position. So we look at that sense of, you know, self as an experience that we have to have, but really seeing it as a relative experience, not as an ultimate thing. Nor is something you've got to deny or shove away. And this is, of course, the old bhava, vibhava, you know, uh, uh, pattern. Either I've got to really get everything I want, da-da-da-da-da, you know, and I've got to be perfect and make it right and do all everything like that. That's the bhava. And the vibhava, got to annihilate, stop my ego, you know, have, no, have any self-interest at all and we want to wipe it all out, you know. So actually there's a relative sense, which is the, the, the middle way. You know, why, what makes Buddha Dharma something that's quite gentle and humorous and uh, light. It's not, it's, sort of, it's not really, I don't really see it as a kind of intense thing. I mean, one can get pretty intense, you know, but we don't see that as the aim. <laughs> to get in, you know, to have strong positions against self or for self, but just to recognize self is a function around being born, you know? And so how do we we handle that? Self and other. So this sense of the pause and saying something like using an eating form, how we check, you know, widen, get a sense of perspective, and then, okay, this is, this is how we do eating. And uh, when you find yourself really gobbling, you know, then you just pause, check, and even just for a moment look up. So you, you break the eye contact with the food and then just reflect. <laughs> eating, necessary, well for the body, what's happening in my belly, am I okay, how's it feeling? And then back again, you know, so you tr- one trains oneself in this way. This is the way we train in monastic life. You know, it's, it's a big job. It's our main job is eating, really. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's receiving alms food and then appreciating, appreciating you have to receive it in a particular way, as you saw. It's not like casual, is it? You don't just go in and scoop some stuff off the off the counter. It's very carefully done and then received, reflected upon, held in a bowl, chanted over, blessed, then you come back and eat with silence, composure, mouth spoonful at a time, really trying to sense you just fulfilling a need, keeping you really keeping attentive to that. And sometimes when we lose it, you just gotta stop and pause and okay. Where was I? And you realize generally what's happened is some program's taken off, taken over and you lose the wholeness and one has gone into some kind of blur, you know. That's the way it goes. Something's taken over. And uh, so it's just a little little tip on how to do an eating form. Um, Often when we begin the day, I find I wake, I get up or I set my alarm and wake up well before time for the, the meditation. At least here I'm getting up at four, um, waking up at four. And then I might just wake up just so I can get the experience of coming into this, you know, coming into this form. I'm coming out of the sleep state into this state, just is feeling it out, you know. What's here? Who is this? Uh, and how, 
you know, it's every, every moment is actually unique. It's this particular set of sensations and energies. And then, okay, that's, this is now, how do we do this? We, you know, getting up, bathing, exercising, whatever, having a hot drink, medit- you know, just sitting, just getting the body, coming into the body, and using that, experience of that. And it's not, one isn't aiming for anything with it, it's just like getting, getting, starting the day and trying to do it like just a little bit at a time, mindfully aware, careful, of even you know, getting, getting programmed. Because uh, so often what can happen is that, you know, bang, the alarm goes, bang, we're onto this, onto the next thing. You know, even whatever we're doing, get compulsive about it. There isn't the, this opening into the pause. Well, what's here? What's the response now? Rather than the reaction or the program, what's the response to having been awakened up? It's like being born. You know, that sense of the silence, the soft light. You know, no particular thing to do. What's happening in the body, mind, perhaps feeling slightly groggy or sleepy or dull, whatever it is, and then just resting in that, letting it gradually letting it come together, building in a pause. End of the day, same thing. Stop, pause, maybe reflecting, as I've been saying, reflecting on death uh, as being the place that we don't know, the ending of the known. You know, the ending of the known, the ending of that which I can decide over, fix, change, shape, is the ending of that. It's the ending of tomorrow. Yeah. It's the ending of, it has to be the ending of the past. It has to be the ending of the acute regret or the if only I had or the, con- you know, it has to be the ending of that. So it's just like that place when we come out of this, the life story. We pause, pause, widen, soften, widen, open, widen the view. And if it's for five minutes, we're not looking at, you know, three hours or so. So the five minutes, just letting the echoes of the day be known. Echoes of the day be known the pull of the future be known for what it is, with that sense of, and then we're using something like this Maranusati as the pull of the future, and there might not be what future. And sometimes it's kind of sad, really. We feel that sense of grief, sadness about how we have to leave. And there are things that are unfinished, and there are loved ones, and we have to leave. Yeah. So it can be like, you know, and the things I've built up, that I rather favor and enjoy, I have to leave them. Yeah. And just training oneself. And it's not that it's always so happy, but that even the process of the, the sadness, it's okay, it's okay to feel sad. Yeah. And then we just open to that. Let it move you move through it. Sadness is part of life. It's not, you know, if we were happy, we wouldn't find a problem with it. Sadness is just the other end of the spectrum. It's part of what we experience, the, the grief, the joy. You know, they're both there, aren't they? You can't have one without the other. So we have to really come to those places where we do feel the sense of the sadness and the grief. And Okay. Now, if we don't allow that, if we can't, we can't meet that part of our emotional body, we're leaving something out, aren't we? We're cutting something off. And then something, things go wrong. Yeah. We try to be brave or courageous or dismiss, oh, it doesn't really matter, or, well, that's the way it is, you know. And something hasn't really honoured our emotional body with its range. 
Now we're not saying you're going to attach to it and cling to it and make a big story out of it, but just to feel it and let that move through you. So there's a lot of difference between holding on to moods and feelings and experiencing them in this holistic way, as that's what we do. That's what our emotions do. They move through. That's what they're supposed to do. You're not rocks. Bodies are like this. Yeah. They experience pain. They're supposed to experience pain. They ate. They're supposed to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know. When they say young, they're young. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's not like you have to be, you know, grim about it all. Life can be very joyful. That's okay. Life can be a lot of fun. That's okay. But it's when we get locked into one particular mode or we resist one particular mode, we don't let it pass through us. Yeah. And then whenever we hold on, we lose the balance, we lose the wholeness. So I was saying in, the, you know, in, in body meditation, wherever you feel uh, any kind of lock or blocking, that's going to affect the whole thing. So you know, when you're sitting there, Breathing in, breathing out, or just sitting there and you're feeling, well, pretty good in the chest, pretty good in the belly. And then something's still holding on in the neck, you know. That is still going to send that message through the system, so we start to open. We include it all. We include it all. Widening, softening. And with our, you know, emotional body, include it all. Doesn't mean you get stuck on one end of the spectrum, but you include it all. And I notice many people, you know, and again, it's very honourable, you know, trying to be braver than their anxiety. You know, trying to be, you know, braver than their anxiety, or they're trying to get, you know, push away their regrets. You know. Actually, there are things we can regret. There are things in my life I regret. Maybe every day there's something I can regret. I get that sense of, oh, that wasn't so good. Oh, that was sad. Oh, that was, you know, it's okay. Okay, you know. It's there to remind me, to keep me awake. You don't, if we, if we get frightened of that, or we make a story out of it, there's the holding on, isn't it? We're trying to make this self into something that's perfect. Or we try and dismiss it, or we're endlessly anxious about about how it's what it's doing. This is the we're getting it wrong. But if we're okay, that wasn't so good. Then right, we're just learning. This is a set of programs, and we can keep revi- revising it with that sense of friendliness. So the emotional body is something we can allow to open within us. And if there's, when there's room for sorrow, there's room for joy. If there's no room for sorrow, there's no room for joy, for that innocence, for that sense of let it be there, which is the real joy, isn't it? It's not the you know, forced happiness we get by you know, going to something or having something to make us feel happy. The real joy is that sense of the openness and the freshness, where we can feel laughter and we can feel sadness. You know, we allow ourselves to move through that. And all that helps to really begin to release the boundaries of this self-experience. It becomes very wide and fluid and mysterious. Because we don't know who we are. If you start to know, if you start to think you know who you are, <laughs> be careful with that. Watch that. Be careful of that. What tells you who you are? This be. What tells you who you are? You can know where you are. Like, you know, body thing going. You can know what's what the feeling is happening. You know, the present feeling, pleasant, unpleasant, or emotional stuff. You can. Organ, you know, you have something that can tell you how to organize it. That's all true and valid. 
There's nothing that tells you who you are, really, apart from some something that's not very helpful, <laughs> that's, trying, that's freezing it, that's locking it. Is it possible to have that sense of knowing who you, were, who you are, saying who you are without some something there, you know, regretful or unskillful? That's when we're holding to self. But we can witness various uh, programs and behaviors and contemplate that and say, well, this is unworthy, this is not good, this is unsuitable, put this aside, this is the beautiful. And it's a skillful uh, appraisal rather than intense judgment. It's rather like um, uh, a good friend of mine was um, studying Sumie, I think it's called Sumie painting, which is this Chinese, um, what is it, Jap- Chinese, I think, Japanese brushstroke painting. And you have this uh, brush with a, you know, quite a s- bit of bamboo, you know, with a big blobby hairbrush made of a wolf's tail or something and you have the ink stone you grind the ink stone you make this nice there's a whole ritual about making the ink you grind the ink stone you mix it with water till you get the right color ink and then you you do paint but the paint is always you do the one stroke you do the a certain stroke does bamboo a certain stroke does um, chrysanthemum petals so these are very there are, there are particular descri- forms of paintings that you do. You know, there are certain set models. You do the bamboo, and you do the bamboo, and you do the chrysanthemum, and you do the peony, I think is another one. And he's doing this. And the, and the master had done these. He said, well, you know, after about 20 years of doing bamboo, finally the bamboo appears on the page. The first was too much ego in it. You're trying to get it right. Know, doing the bamboo, trying to get it right. And he says, okay, he looks at the bamboo, he says, no, too much ego in this one. Next one, try again. No, too much, not enough, not enough energy in this one. You know, so he says, after about 20 years of doing this, it only takes five strokes, the bamboo, but you've got to get it exactly flowing. So, so the bamboo almost comes out of the paper at you. And uh, so it's, it's, it's just so frustrating because he kept trying to get it right, trying to get it right, and maybe trying to loosen up and then <laughs> trying to be more relaxed and then doing it sponta- trying to do it spontaneously. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> the amount of ink on the brush and trying to work it all out how to do it. Yeah. And then he was doing these, uh, I think the chrysanthemum or is it the orchid or one of these flowers where the petals have to droop down droop down so you have to do it in a quick stroke so the petal of the of the flower droops it always droops down but the master said even though they droop down you have to do them as if they're cloud longing <laughs> so you've got one stroke to do a drooping petal that still somehow expresses the sense of it longing to be, go to the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Say, <laughs> so, well, more practice is necessary. <laughs> so after a while, you know, you become the chrysanthemum <laughs> and you just feel the longing for the cloudies. There it is. <laughs> And you're emptying yourself into that particular form. And that's, an inter- that's a one way of looking at it, isn't it? We, when we're pouring ourselves into a particular form, and first we want to get it right, and then we go, I don't care anyway, and what a stupid thing to do, and well, everybody else does this, and you know, all this stuff, you just work through all this stuff. Yeah? And then 
What if I did another technique, get it right, you know? Like when we sit and meditate, just the right zafu, don't puff it up. <laughs> get it right, the right, right amount of time, the right amount of food, the right temperature, the right clothing. You know, soften up my thighs, so I get the, some yoga so it's fully stretched and then just right. And, and it's still. <laughs> you know. Just notice when you, when you sit and meditate, when you come to sit and meditate, there's that moment, like, I don't know how long it is, maybe a few seconds. When you sit down, it's just sitting down. And then you realize you're sitting down. And this self comes in and says, oh, straighten up. <laughs> Focus, get focused. You know, and it, here we go. <laughs> it's movies for another hour, you know, getting it right, not getting it right, trying to not get it right, trying to be someone who doesn't care whether they get it right. No, you know, gee. You know, I was just sitting before. I had like five seconds or maybe three seconds of just sitting down. And then it started. The whole thing. Yeah. See, that's what, you know, you just keep doing that, emptying. Meeting all those self-energies as they arise. The nervousness, the hesitation, the ambition. You know, these things that we don't really like very much in ourselves. But be there, feel it, you know, let it flow, let it move through. You know, you know, just opening to that, just letting it move through, letting it pass through. And there's a sort of pause, a pause from finality. You know, the only thing that has to end is the sense it's going to end. The only thing that has to be perfect is, this, is, is to be perfected is the sense of imperfection of endless imperfection, of endless uncertainty. You know, if we really get that, then something stops, which is this nagging, worrying, posturing <laughs> thing, <laughs> program energy, and there's just the sitting, waiting warm or uncomfortable or comfortable, or, you know, as it is. Yeah. It's just that. And it's peaceful, strangely peaceful. Yeah. So these are forms, aren't they? Yeah. We do our form. We do our form, emptying ourselves into a form, so that it will just start to play a place where you know what arises can be met, the feeling that arises can be met, the energies that arise can be met with this timeless quality of, you know, it's like this now. Patient with it. Just cultivating that skillful way of meeting ourselves as we arise. Whichever, whatever face we're wearing, <coughs> meeting it as, we, as it arises. And then just, okay. Okay. You know? Meeting it, and you meet it with the whole. With meeting it in your body, whether it's coming up into your throat or your head, or tightening up in your belly, as some of these self forms do, you can feel them. You know, an energy building up, a nervousness. It could be particular places in your body, even a tone in your body, and then meeting that widening. You know, letting go of the attitudes. So it's, then it will, it says it's saying it moves on. Then we can meet our sadness, our disappointment, our fury, our regrets, and our joy. It's living a full, a full life. The pause is just that pause from the, the, the jumping in to the, to the program. And then when we, whenever we truly pause, there can be a response rather than a reaction. The response comes from the whole body-mind, and it's always attuned to 
you know, something about skillful. It's skillful. It's beautiful to to recollect that as you practice it in yourself. You know, practice it. Don't believe what I'm saying, but just when you come into something that's more whole, as many of you, I think all of you have touched into, you know, that sense of then, you know, you meet things that have been, you know, shoved away for years or a problem for years, and, you, and the skillful response comes up. And it wasn't something you necessarily thought would happen, you know. And you may have at that moment when it's skillful response come up, a real feeling of relief, or sometimes the tears, you know. And, but it was, it was the real thing. The response happened. It wasn't planned, it wasn't educated, it wasn't learned, the response happened. And it came from meeting something without any condition, but sort of being whole with it, not going up into your head, figuring it, not just getting caught up in an emotional loop around it, yeah, but meeting it with the whole, whole body mind. This is the point, really. So, you know, whenever we pause, we want to really come into the, take that moment to just come into the whole, wholeness. Mm. Then a response, appropriate response comes up. Life itself offers us pauses, the endings of things, the ending of the day, the ending of the sitting. So rather than end the sitting and then we jump, we end the sitting and just, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How is it now? And as I was saying, you know, sit very another very small piece. It's just that when you, when you want to get up, don't throw yourself up from your head. Just come from the legs or push yourself up so that you stay intact. You don't go into that shock, startled pattern of the eyes and the head reaching out, you know. Wait, just give yourself that 10 sec, 5 seconds. Stop, pause, and the whole body standing up. This is no big deal, but it is just another place where, as we move from one form to another, you pause. And in the next form, you have a way of being coming into that much more fully and gracefully than suddenly thrown into it or jumped into it. Life offers these pauses. Notice the ending of the day or the ending of the sitting or the ending of the walking or the ending of the meal. We finish the meal and... Well, that was that. Like the always end story, you know, when you finish the meal, wash your bowl. That's that's the practice. <laughs> it's like that, you know. But rather than the rush or the or going to a kind of what I'm supposed to do now, you know, just pause, get yourself complete, whole, whole body, whole mind. With a whole body and a whole mind, you wash your bowl, you clean your teeth, you know. And you just wait for the response, what seems right now, what seems appropriate. So walking, sitting, looking out the window, quietly resting, you know, is what's appropriate. Wait for the response. And that beautiful thing is we never really get programmed, routined. There's always that possibility for the fresh to arise from that pause. Life offers pauses. There's, you know, moving house, there's changing things of this nature, changes in our life, finishing a job, someone passes away, the pause, there's quite a long pause, someone passes away, in which you have to just, this is what's called mourning, isn't it, you know, and and in traditional cultures, at least in, in Europe, they always used to wear black for a year, saying, hey, I'm in pause, you know, don't expect me to be jumping around you know, I'm in a, I'm in fragile state. I haven't formed yet. I'm in this kind of morphed because you're so bonded to someone for 10, 20 years. And suddenly that form ends. You don't just 
snap into a new one, <laughs> you've got to wait for it to arise. And that's often the careful holding a boundary, just let me find myself, let it arise again. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, taking care like that. And then this is who I am now. This is how I'm arising now. Mm. Whatever it is, however it is, meet that. You know, career changes, meet that. Mm. That was a, you know, a lot of our uh, monastic life. Then we have these times when we go on long distance walks and occasionally cross country hikes. And the other year I was going to uh, somebody, we had this little plan, we went to Mallorca just to walk through the mountains of Mallorca, which is a very pretty little island off the coast of Spain. You know, the mountains of Mallorca and I, we've got kind of kitted out for this trip, you know, hiking, sleeping out on the ground and so forth. And uh, just starting walking. And then, you know, I've done so many of these hiking, mountain climbing, hills and stuff like cross-country stuff that I just, you know, pretty much used to it. You get into the thing, you get into your stride and you're walking along and then you, you know, you come to some hill and you just start working your way up a hill, up a mountain or hillside. And uh, so, you know, but I noticed there was 60. I didn't really, wasn't counting it as an idea. But then coming to this hill, mountainside, and going up the hill, and you get to the point when it starts to get a bit difficult, so then you sort of change gear and rev up and push up. But then I changed gear. There wasn't another gear. <laughs> it was like, it was only first gear. And it didn't go any faster. In fact, as it went up, it just slowed down and stopped. <laughs> I thought, ah, I think something has changed. <laughs> this is what 60 means for this body. It means it doesn't, doesn't go into overdrive and push up hills anymore. <laughs> it slows down and stops and sits on the ground feeling weak and feeble. <laughs> Be with that, you know. Here's another little piece of the story, you know being the self, a weak, feeble self, rather than a, you know, heroic conqueror. Okay, meet this one without regret or without, you know, making something out of it. It's like that now, you know. Because most of my life, very fortunately, I've been healthy and vigorous. Okay, I'm still healthy and vigorous, but that energy is not there. You know, it's not there now. You know? And you can feel, oh, I wanna, you know, what's wrong with me, push it, you know. Meeting that, you know. Similarly, you know, when I uh, just in the monastery, you know, just sometimes my brain just stops working. It won't do it. Should do it, ought to do it, it's necessary to do, but it doesn't do it. <laughs> you know, after a few hours of stuff like that, it just stops. <laughs> so, you know, nothing you can do to make it go. It just stops. Can't, it can't, won't do, it won't do things. It wasn't, you know, read this piece of paper over and over again, the eyes go down it, brain stopped, it won't happen. Okay, that's the end of that one. <laughs> and rather than thinking guilty or try harder, it's just, that's who he is now. Yeah. Ajahn Sujito of 1990s is gone. It's this one. Meeting it, you know, with the what that, whatever that feels. There's something really sweet I find about just learning to to meet yourself, yourself as it changes and arises, with a sense of, well, who is this, and can we meet this one, like it's a stranger? Welcome, welcome with your messages. Every one of them has something good to say. You know, if you meet them properly, they all have something good to say, have something good to say about life, you know, about being moved or hoping or aspiring or wishing, okay, there he is, you know, or not being able to do something. And it's met with a sense of, of interest and compassion and joy. And this is who it is. What a mystery it is. So around this sense of self, we pause 
open, widen. Who is this? Doesn't, you know, who says how it should be? Who says that? This is how it should be. If it shouldn't be this way, it wouldn't be this way. With all its tangle or whatever, we're meeting that. Feeling it in the body, feeling it in the heart. And then as we open to feeling it in the body and the heart, some, there is a true response rather than this you know, reaction of don't be like that, don't be like that. You know, self-conscious reaction of don't be like that. You know? Meeting the other, self and other. You know, where how often there's that such a natural projection of immediate thing, you know, this is the one I've got to win over or you know, or make you know, or, or tell them what to do. You know, we get that sense of higher, lower, you know, somewhere or another, this is the one I've got to show show him or her what to do. You know, that kind of immediate are you sure? <laughs> You know, this is the one I've got to sort them out. Are you sure? You know, just because you, you, have we really met the other? So certainly, this is something that is a real place of practice for myself. It's a dumber practice, you know, meeting the other, because so often in this particular scenario, you know, I'm the I'm the person who's supposed to have the answers, you know, or you know, the one who's looked up to. I don't always feel comfortable with that. You know, I don't, don't always feel comfortable with that, with that assumption, I, you know, that my opinions are so important. I don't think so. You know? And then you, you really, what is really important for me is to try to, you know, just check my assumptions, my habits around other people the fear, the wanting to make them happy, the fear of conflict, the, the wanting to be approved or worthwhile or useful for other people. These are not bad, but as reactions, any reaction is just you know, cluttering up something that could be really interesting and beautiful. And we're just pausing. I don't know the other. Let it happen. Let it take, let it arise, let it form. Let's be, let keep it interesting. So around the other, you know, and there's basically there's a sense of respect, isn't it? Respect for for this being as it arises, this process of arising. Respect for that being as that process arises. Respect for how that this experience happens. We open up that space, yeah. and so often it's in these places where we've almost jumped over the place where we should really be attentive, we've assumed, oh yeah, I'm this, and I'm going to do that. You know, Oh, she's one of those, right, let's sort that out. And we've already gone into the same old things that we've found somewhere along the line. I'm stuck in this again. How did I, you know, how did I get here? We've jumped you know, into an, an old program again, the fix-it program or the inadequate program. And there are various of these, aren't there? Ones that we get programmed into. You know, the entitlement program. I don't see why I should have to do... You know? (laughs) Or the subjugation program. Well, I'll put up with anything... Peaceful life. I'll let go. I'm, you know, I'm less. I'll put up with anything. I've got to be lower. You know, <laughs> then I'll be all right. Don't want to be proud. You know, subjugation. Aim for that. Safer that way. Maybe. Yeah. But any program is something that we we want to meet it. And some of the sense of self and the sense of others is a place where these programs can certainly arise. We want to meet them 
And then as we meet them, widening, softening. Okay. Everyone has this. It's not a, you know, it, not a self-issue. It's just the way things form. Widening, softening, and then going to the whole sense, and then relax. What's the response? This time, it's up to her. Fine. This time, it's up to me. Fine. You know, this time, I'll follow your opinion. This time, no, I think it's my call. You know, and we, we get a sense of that because it doesn't really matter. All that matters is, is that we've met those places you know, without coming back to assumptions, future and past. You know, like today, of course, this evening, of course, we can be jumping into next week. We can be dreading next week. Oh no, what am I going to do when the retreat finishes? You know, we can be dreading it or we think, oh right, all this stuff I better get done. You know, and uh, you kind of rush into it. So in our monastic retreats, we always try to have at least a, a few days after retreat just as a pause. There's nothing. It's kind of shapeless. It's sort of a bit, you know, it's sort of sloppy even. You slop around. I mean, it's moral, but it's sloppy, you know. And, we, and actually, we try to fit in a, a sloppy day at least once a week, where you kind of you know, fumble around. And, you know, because it's those pauses are really important. You know. I mean, you, particularly when one's been in this rolling on, this, that, and the other, and come out of the retreat, and probably the last bit of the retreat, or even through the retreat, you've been thinking of the thing you're going to do stuff you're going to build in April, the project you're going to get, the thing you're going to go on in, in that, you know, so the time it comes, you're right loaded like a ball in a cannon ready to fire. <laughs> boom, you know, you're out. And, <laughs> and then, you know, but if, if you just got to wait, you realize so much of this stuff is really not necessary. You don't have to rush. So you keep that sense of the pause, the waiting, the openness, then where is the response? And maybe it's just like the first response is, you know, like uh, something much gentler. Like, well, let's just tidy the room up. Let's uh, go for a walk. Let's um, send somebody a gift. Let's phone somebody up and just say, hi, how are you doing? You know, you're allowing these lovely little pieces to arise rather than just rush back into the program. So we take it a step at a time, the future. Can the future arise, you know, in a way there is no future, but the present keeps changing. (laughs) (laughs) So whenever we really think of the future, again, it's a time, check, wait, pause, what's happening, you know, the rush, the, the uncertainty, the dread, the this time we we'll pause, check, feel those energies, they're widening, softening. And what's right now, right, right now is the is the thing to do. What right now is the is the immediate response. Maybe it's how am I with this? Can I move lightly? Can I move gently? Can I move wholly? Can I really feel what do I want to pour myself? What's the next piece to pour into rather than be thrown into? And then our life is a, is a kind of a, a gift. And we're taught, we're led by the Dhamma, led by this response, which comes not from our self-programs, but from something more intuitive, more holistic,
often I find that when I, you know, coming out of a retreat, wait, the first thing that can arise is, oh, I think I'll express my gratitude to so-and-so. Completely off track of the, you know, <laughs> the scheduled future. It's just these, these, create these possibilities for something beautiful to arise by itself, coming out of the process of one's practice, the opening of the heart. Mm. With any form, realize that these are forms, they don't mind. They are, they are, it's just sand play in a way. You know, these are just forms we, we move into. And there's always going to be some wobbling, uncertainties, finding your place in that, seeing what it does to you, seeing what responsibility does to you, you know, meeting that one, being that, letting yourself be that one, being a known person, letting yourself be that one, letting an identity form, being that one, carrying it through, witnessing what that does. These are all, you know, when I say when I went forth as a, as a monk, as my feeling was I wanted, wanted to get out, really, out of responsibility, out of being, having to be anybody. Didn't want to be anybody. Didn't even really want to be a monk. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to just find someone I'm going to have to be anybody. And then almost all of the the major crunch places that have happened have been being put in positions of responsibility. Yeah, all of them. And feeling that, and then feeling myself kind of like trying to make it work or trying to get out of it or feeling anxious about not getting it right or, you know, and then just, it's just the responsibility form. Really useful one. Because not something that I particularly craved but then it just pulls out the resources of patience and equanimity, you know, to, to just come up with a, you know, letting one's energies fit that form as best they can. And every day is like a mistake, isn't it? <laughs> In some ways. A joy and a mistake. The things we think we get wrong, everybody thought was great. <laughs> you know, the stuff you think you got right, somebody else didn't like it at all. So it's always like that, isn't it? Still, we just take, pick that up and work with what it does to us. And I think it's really important to find the just commitment to a form as a form, as a place to learn from, to learn about self, to learn about you know, all that we can get created around that. Mm. So we, you know, as we come to this uh, time in the retreat, just, just spend some time reflecting on who you feel you've been over this last 10 days. What happens with that when we say, like a check-in, who am I? Who, who, who has she been? This and that and this and that and this and that. Meet that, that person. You know, just feel them, meet them, let them go. Let them go at their own time. You know, we, in the future, what are we going to be? What we uncertain about being? Have to be? Wish we didn't have to be? All that. We wait, pause, open around that, feel the energies of that, practice with that, open into that, the flavors and the feelings of that. Mm. Uh, sort of something in us that, oh, and go home, nice to go home again, and you know. What? Wait, <coughs> wait, pause, check that one out. So we're really, you know, staying in the present, allowing the future to, to form, letting it teach us about our anticipation, 
our assumptions, our anxieties, feel them. You know, this is how we continue our practice. And then we have the guidelines, you know, the precepts, the sense of uh, attention, heedfulness, carefulness, witnessing, moral precepts, and those as kind of fundamental forms in our life. So, off this for your reflection. Oh.